Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Wow, what a great Sukkot it's been, hasn't it? Wow, our Sukkot service last week was tremendous. God just was doing amazing things. Wow, it was profound. All the holidays have been off the chart. Uh, They really have. They've been, uh, at the beginning of this year, I I, I shared with you that I felt like we were in a new season here at Beth Hillel. And quite honestly, these holidays, wow, they have been power-packed. It's been like uh, it's been sprinkled with extra vitamins and minerals, you know. Uh, it's just been tremendous. I've loved it. Uh, the Sukkot picnic we had this, this past weekend was our biggest picnic in forever. Uh, man, we had so many people at that picnic. It was so much fun. We had our little mini service there at the park, and we had some people... We had some people come and just visit who first timers at the at the service in the park. Well, I mean, that was unexpected. And uh, the softball game was successful for two reasons. One is because uh, Beth Hillel was the winning team. <clears throat> Quite frankly, you know, given Beth Hillel's softball teams in our history, we used to have a, a team that was in the league, and. Uh, Wow. We, we, yeah, the Bethlehem Lions. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we had fun. I'll say that. I, I remember those years. Uh, and, uh, and I remember the third season we played when we won our first game. Uh, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even in the, I'm not even making that up. That's the, that's the sad part. Wow, what a celebration it was. We went out to a restaurant, and we just absolutely celebrated. It was tremendous to win that one game. So the great thing about the softball game at Bethel Elwin is that we were going to be one and one because it was Bethel playing Bethel El this past weekend at the softball game. So somebody from Bethel El was going to win. So we'll take that. You know, a 500 record is way above average for us. So in any case, that was great. That was a lot of fun. And the, the Kesher Young Adult Group had a great time, a great turnout at, the, at their time in the Sukkah on Sunday and the college group and the Sukkah share. And wow, this has been an amazing Sukkot. We've had so much going on. Uh, it's just been tremendous. Uh, culminating, of course, in today with Sukkot, it is Shemini at Seret. Uh, and this is a big deal. Uh, if you don't know, it is a biblically commanded Shabbat and is a major holiday in and of itself. Leviticus chapter 23, please. Leviticus 23. Uh, and so, yes, it is, it's being Shemini, it's here. It, yes, it is the eighth day of Sukkot. 
despite what anyone might try to tell you. It is the eighth day of Sukkot, yet it also is a holiday in and of itself as the eighth day of the assembly. Uh, we read about this in Scripture in a few different places, including Leviticus chapter 23, verse 36. Leviticus 23, 36, it says, For seven days, talking about uh, the first seven days of Sukkot, for seven days you were to bring an offering by fire to Adonai. The eighth day will be a holy convocation to you, and you are to bring an offering by fire to Adonai. It is a solemn assembly. You should do no laborious work. Okay, so it is, it is a Shabbat and a sacred assembly on the eighth day. And then skipping to verse 39, it says, So on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you gather in the fruits of the land, you are to keep the Feast of Adonai for seven days. The first day there is to be a Shabbat rest, and the eighth day will also be a Shabbat rest. That's what we are in right now. Woo! And it's exciting. Shemini at Sarah. Wow, the eighth day of the assembly, it is a Shabbat. Even if it wasn't the weekly Shabbat, it is a biblical Shabbat where we are to do no work. It is the eighth day of Sukkot, which the Torah commands us is to be a sacred assembly. You are all assembled together and you are assembled online as well. Uh, welcome to you and those of you who are on the, the podcast as well. Okay, and it is a Shabbat also. So this year it is yet again a double Shabbat, as Mark mentioned both weekly and this holiday. And, uh, and it's interesting because Numbers chapter 29, you don't need to turn to it, but it delineates additional specific sacrifices and offerings that were to be made to the Lord on Shemini at Sarah. There are different specific extra offerings and, and sacrifices that are to be brought to God specifically on this day that started at sundown to sundown tomorrow the Shemini Yitzhak, the eighth day of the assembly. Uh, and so prayers for blessings for those of you who brought special offerings today uh, in addition to your regular giving because that is fulfilling part of the biblical uh, impetus of this holiday also. However, Shemini Yitzhak is different in and of itself than the previous seven days. If today is the eighth day of Sukkot, it's different though than the previous seven days of Sukkot. It's a different in a few different ways. One of the ways it's different is we don't wave. And if you notice today, we didn't wave the lulav and the etrog. We, are, we were commanded specifically to wave it for seven days. So we wave it for the first seven days and then we lay it down and we usually just let that etrog just kind of mm, smell, smell so good. We just let it refresh the, the home and, and it's just so beautiful. Okay, and so we don't wave the lulav and etrog on the eighth day. Also, we are not specifically commanded we're not commanded, underline the word, to dwell in the sukkah on the eighth day. We're commanded to, for the first seven days, to dwell in the sukkah. Uh, however, since this holiday is so clearly connected to Sukkot, we are free to go into the sukkah, and most people do, and it's traditional uh, in Jewish homes that you still go into the sukkah on the eighth day, even though it is not a command. We don't say the, the blessing per se, but, but people enjoy it, if you will. And this also gets toward the potential meaning of the Chag, because there's a lot, uh, there's a lot of question regarding uh, scholars and, and even Chazal regarding what exactly is the meaning and the purpose of Shemini Yitzirah, the eighth day of the assembly. And, and these things actually uh, kind of hint at 
part of the purpose of this holiday. And as much as we're no longer waving that dragon lulav, love, we're no longer commanded to, but yet we go into the sukkah. All these things are part uh, and, and give us hints and clues as to part of the meaning. Okay, well, let's talk about it a little bit more and talk about what this Chag, what this special holiday, it's, it's a big, it's a Shabbat, what it means. Okay, Shemini Atzeret literally means the eighth day of the assembly, okay, as we are assembled here together. Uh, and, and that's fair. That's wonderful, good, what a blessing. We're here, okay, you're here, you're, you're doing it. You're doing it online. Okay, so we are all assembled together on the eighth day of the, assembly, uh, of the holiday and the eighth day of the assembly as we're supposed to do. Wonderful. However, scholars are not 100% sure of the complete meaning of the word atzeret. Uh, atzeret. And so, and so we, we see, because it's used in different ways uh, in the scripture that make it just a little bit uh, where we're not 100% sure, if you will. And it's, uh, this is important in understanding the meaning of this day. Looking at various uh, scholars who've looked into this, Rashi, for example, says that the roots of the word etzeret uh, literally means to hold back or uh, to tarry, if you will, to tarry. Kind of like, just, just wait, 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 you know? He said, uh, Rashi says something very interesting about Shemini and Sarah. It, it, because, you know, we've already done the waving of the Lulav and the Etrog. We've, we've, we've filled the command of dwelling in the Sukkah. But Rashi said that it's as if the Lord is looking for us to stay longer and hold back from going. Yeah, that's beautiful, isn't it? I absolutely love that. In terms of the understanding, it's like, okay, yeah, you fulfilled the, the waving, you fulfilled the, the but, but, but don't, don't go yet, you know? It's, you know we know it's what Sukkot represents, even in a messianic understanding of it. It's absolutely beautiful. The root of it, Sarah, can also mean, you know, stop. Don't let go. Don't let go. Hold on a little longer. Hold on to it. That's also part of what the, what the word means, what the holiday means. It's so beautiful to me. There's a lot of depth to it, y'all. And, and, and to me, that describes a little bit of, of eternity. You know, hold on, hold on to it. Don't stop. Oh, just keep staying, keep, keep dwelling. A little longer, I know that we've already fulfilled the commandment to the wave and on, but, but just, just don't go yet, don't go. It's so interesting. That's part of, of what this is. And yes, we will, we will dwell with the Lord for eternity. I mean, isn't that absolutely, I mean, that's what Sukkot, the holiday, represents, is dwelling with God for eternity. And for that, for certainly, we can't let go. No question. So we can't let go of that. However, until Messiah returns, we must persevere with life as it is and not let go at the same time. You see, 
The, do you see the rich meaning in Shemini here? It's, it's quite deep. Hold on, hold on to it. You know, it reminds me as I was just kind of reflecting uh, about Shemini Sarah and some of the rich, deep meaning of it. I went, I did deep, deep, deep dive uh, into Shemini Sarah and just thinking and contemplating it. And, uh, and Dr. Susan, you'll appreciate this. To me, it, as I was thinking about it, it just reminded me of the Besamim. It reminded me of the Besamim. The Besamim, of course, are, are the spices that are part of the Havdalah service. You know, Havdalah is at the end of Shabbat, we have our Havdalah service. Havdalah literally means separation. It separates the, the holiness of Shabbat relative to the rest of the week. As you finish up Shabbat and get ready to go in the rest of the week, and we have the, the candle and we have the wine, you know, that braided wick candle, it's just so interesting. The wine and the Besamim, the spices. And what the purpose, you know, at the, at the, at the, in the Havdalah service, one of the things we do is we smell the spices. It always smells so good in that spice box during Havdalah. It's always just so beautiful, right? And, and what, what are the purpose of the Besamim? The purpose of the spices are to allow the aroma of Shabbat to linger with us even throughout the week, to remind us, Oh, Shabbat is so beautiful. Shabbat is so glorious as a gift that God has given us. And so it's like, oh, we just want it to linger. Like, like we can almost wipe it off on our clothes so that we can remember it during the week. Oh, remember Shabbat, the gift was. Oh, and we've got Shabbat coming up again. Oh, Shabbat. And in some ways, Shemini and Sarah reminds me a little bit of the Besamim of the spices, just kind of hold on to it, hold on. It, it, it's kind of like the eighth day of Sukkot is intended to send a message to the rest of the year. Don't let go. Don't let go. Don't give up. Don't let this fall. We've had such special High Holy Day services, man, they've just been unbelievable. They've been amazing. And, and the eighth day of the assembly is like, it's that extra kind of a bonus day for, for all these holidays. And, and after even every, it's like, wait, just, just, just tarry a little longer. Don't, get, don't, don't forget about this. Just enjoy the richness of it. Don't, don't, don't give up with it. Keep going, tarry with it. That which we received on Yom Kippur or Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah, or, or during the other days of, of Sukkot, even the month of Elul that we had before, all that we've been working toward and growing with and learning and, and changing in our lives, hold on to it, don't give up. Stick with it, tarry a little bit. How special that is. And nothing really demonstrates this more than the traditional prayer that is uttered every Shemini Atzeret. It's very interesting. <clears throat> Talking about not giving up and holding on and believing. You know, it's, it's, it's like believe. Don't, just because in November or December or January, February, we don't have Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah, don't give up your faith. Don't give up your hopes or your dreams in the Lord. The Lord is still with you. 
Don't give up, even, no matter what the circumstances seem like. And again, nothing could illustrate this better than that traditional prayer that is prayed specifically every Shemini Atzeret. I'm talking about the Tefillat Geshem. The Tefillat Geshem, the prayer for rain. The prayer for rain. Now, you have to understand that Tefillat Geshem yeah, to understand that prayer, the specific prayer that we do today on, on Shemini Yitzhak, you have to understand Israel first. You have to understand literally the nation of Israel, the, the land of Israel, if I could put it that way. Why? Because in Israel, unlike uh, here in, in, certainly in Georgia, and depending upon where you live across the, the world, but certainly here in Georgia, it rains you know, fairly frequently. If it goes a week without raining, it's a little unusual. If it goes a few weeks without raining, they start, you know, mandating things, okay? You know what I'm saying, you know? And so, but in Israel, it's profoundly different than that because in Israel, rain does not come from around Passover until about now, Sukkot. And when I say it doesn't come, oftentimes I'm talking about not a drop. It's not that it doesn't rain much. It doesn't rain at all. Like not a drop between around Passover and now. Now, sometimes there are exceptions to that. They'll get something extraordinary. But that's kind of the, the expected dry season. They know it. It's been this way historically, if you will. Hey, that's a long, that's a long time without rain. I've been in Israel when they received, uh, numerous times, when they would receive their first rain of the new year, and it would generally be a little after Sukkot. And, and inevitably, be, inevitably they, would, they would give warnings to the public, and everybody in the public knew, uh, be careful when it first rains, the first few days it rains. Why? Because they said, like, all, even when you're driving, the roads are incredibly slick because all the oils that were on the roads all kind of bubble up with the, with the water. And so the, the roads are like, uh, it's like ice almost at times the first couple of days until the water really is able to kind of wash it through in Israel. It's very interesting in that regard. It's a long time. That's a long time without rain, y'all. And if we did not trust in the Holy One, we could almost think that the rains would never come again. That's a long... Again, think about it even in, in times of old when they didn't have the weather forecasts. But they just knew, boy, when, when that, the last rain came around Passover, they were like, boy, that might be it. That might be it for a long time before you see rain again. Wow, and without life-giving rains, our crops would have no chance. So, so boy, when you get to Sukkot, now it makes sense, doesn't it? Now, when you get to Sukkot, man, you're gonna be praying for rain. You seriously gonna be praying for rain. It makes total sense. We, play, we pray earnestly for rain on Shemini at Seretz. Now, what we can do is we can kind of combine these data points, if you will. Uh, because as we're here at the end of the holiday season, if we're all honest, there are things that each of us would pray for. Each of you, each of us, there are things in our lives that we would pray for right now and that we maybe are praying for and should pray for. For the ancient Israelites, it was rain. Right now, Sukkot, Shemini and Sarah, man, they're praying for rain. Fair enough. 
For you, it might be something else. But the point here on the last day of this feast is not to give up, to hold on, to tarry with that request, that prayer, that belief, that faith, that even though you haven't seen rain since Passover, it will rain again. And that applies to whatever part of your life you're going through and that you're praying for, is that you gotta hold on, don't give up, hang with it. Matthew chapter 24, please. Levite Matthew chapter 24, quoted Messiah, and what did Moshiach teach us? Something very interesting and, and, and really relates to that very point here. What does Messiah chasten us to do and to be careful of? Matthew 24 verse Esser, verse 10 says this, and then many will fall away talking about the end times, and will betray one another and hate one another. Uh-oh. Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray because lawlessness will multiply. The love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Wow. Wow. Did, do you get that? Do you, do you see the, the point here that relates to Shemini and Sarah? You have, to en, you have to endure to the end. Do you, do you see the parallel right here? To be saved, uh, if effectively, if you will, meaning to dwell with God eternally, you have to endure to the end. As we have passed now Rosh Hashanah, Yom Tura, Yom Kippur, and the first seven days of Sukkot, the season is almost at an end. But we have to endure. We have to hang on. We have to tarry until the end. Don't give up. We got to hang on in whatever area that, that doesn't, look so tidy and neat and nice and maybe we've been praying about and maybe you've been praying about. Don't give up. I think it's, I think that it's a message, Shemini Sarah is like a message that is intended to keep us going until the next major holy day, which is Passover. That's a long time from now. That's the next major biblical holy day is Passover. That's a long time to wait. Yes, we have Hanukkah and yes, we have Purim. I know that. But in terms of the major biblical feasts and holidays, the next biggie is Passover. Do you realize that's so long from, from right now? And so we've got to hang on, if you will, very, very interesting. You got to stay faithful. You got to remain. Yeshua tells us that the love of many will grow cold. If you put something in the microwave oven and you get it all hot for Yom Teruah and Rosh Hashanah, 
Yom Kippur or Sukkot, man, that thing is piping hot. And if you just let it set out, and if you're not soaking it a little bit and periodically putting it back in the, the microwave, that thing will get cold. You got to give some effort to something to stay warm. Such is the case with us as well. That's, that is so that what you experienced these holidays, I'm telling you, these holidays have, to me have been um, road markers in Bethel's kind of history. Coming after, out of the pandemic and just and the, the numbers of people that we've seen has been like days of old. And, and it's just been beautiful. Uh, and, and, uh, and so we have to make sure that all these great things that we experience in the holy days doesn't fade. It doesn't fade away. If, if you've been making some changes in your life, if, if, if you're even on a good path and are doing some good things, don't let that fade. You really gotta, gotta keep it up so that you will not fall away. 1 Peter chapter 5, please. In a similar way, I think that it's a message about holding on in faith for that which we long for. There are many of you that have longed for something in your life and you've prayed for it, but you haven't seen it. Let this holiday be an encouragement to you as well for such things. Hmm. Listen to this. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. We can't be discouraged by what we go through. It says, cast all your worries on him, Messiah, for he cares for you. Verse 8. Stay alert. Watch out. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, searching for someone to devour. Stand up against him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being laid upon your brothers and sisters throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you into his eternal glory and Messiah, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. Yeah, I thought I'd get some amens on that one. Ooh. <laughs> you see the key here? This is what... This is what you don't hear a lot of TV preachers talk about. It says what? After we suffer for a little while. You know, that's why, again, uh, a message that's all floral and is all feel-good message that's just purely making, making you feel good probably makes you give an offering or something, but it doesn't help you long-term in your faith. Why? Because I live in the real world I think you do too. And in the real world, you're going to have some trials. You're going to have some tribulations. Guess what? You're going to have to suffer some, according to the word of God, if you happen to believe the book. We have to suffer for a little while. But if we don't give up, the God of all grace will restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. Wow, praise God. Man, that's encouraging. Man, that's it. See, that's something you can live off of. That's something that can sustain you, beloved. Not this, you know, icing 
faith walk. This icing faith walk that, that's just cotton candy and it's just sugar. And it just melts in your mouth and, 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 and tastes good for the moment, but dissolves and is not good for your health. I say that as a man who's eaten lots of cake in my life. Huh? <laughs> I hope that's not hypocritical to say. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about the spiritual here, right? See, that's why we have to stand firm in our faith. Stand firm in what he promises us. Believe and have faith even if you have to suffer for a little while. Maybe in May, you really wanted that rain. Maybe in May, you were like, man, I need rain, I need rain. And it's May, and it's May. And you know what? You don't get any rain in May. Why? Because we're not at Sukkot yet. And then June 3rd comes around. You're like, man, Lord, I'm so parched. I need rain. And the Lord's like, in time, in time. And you're like, come on. Oh, Lord, come on. June 15th, I need rain. See, sometimes you got to go through it a little bit. Don't give up. You, do, do you see the point? And whatever it is you're going through, I don't know how long it's going to be. But, but you don't give up. You got to stick with it. You got to tarry. The eighth day of Sukkot, Shemini and Sarah helps teach us this. Mark chapter 5, please, Mark 5. The synagogue ruler, Jairus, came to Yeshua, seeking him to come and heal his daughter, who was close to death. Woo! Man, that is a serious request. So the synagogue ruler, by the way, you know, we're, <laughs> yes, there were synagogues in the time of Yeshua. Come with me to Israel next May. I'll take you to a couple of them that were straight up, no question, not like they think maybe it's possible. No, a couple of them straight up Yeshua was in. It, amazing. Some explicitly in that building. Whew, man, that's... Anyway, okay, you, you, one of the synagogue rulers came to Yeshua, come heal my daughter is close to death, Mark 5, 35. While Yeshua was still speaking, messengers came come from the house of the synagogue leader saying, your daughter is dead. Why do you still trouble the teacher, the rabbi? Verse 36, but ignoring what they said, Yeshua tells the synagogue leader, do not be afraid, only believe. Eee, wow. Only believe, only believe. You can't give up based on how things look. See, my friends, Shemini Sarah tells us something. Do you need rain in your life? Believe for rain. Do you have a drought in your life in a certain area? You don't know when that rain's going to come, but believe. If you've got a drought, listen to this anonymous story. Some of you may have heard it. As a drought continued for what seemed an eternity, a small community of farmers was in a quandary as to what to do. Rain was important to keep their crops healthy and to sustain the town people's way of life. As the problem became even more acute, a local pastor called for a community prayer meeting 
to ask for rain. Many people arrived. The pastor greeted most of them as they filled in, filed in. He noticed most people were chatting across the aisles and socializing with friends as they were there. When he reached the front, his thoughts were on quieting the attendees and starting the meeting. His eyes, as he looked at all the people there, scanned the crowd as he asked for quiet. And he noticed an 11-year-old girl sitting quietly in the front row. Her face was beaming with excitement. Next to her, poised and ready for use, was a bright red umbrella. The little girl's beauty and innocence made the pastor smile as he realized how much faith she possessed. No one else in the congregation had brought an umbrella. All came to pray for rain, but the little girl had come expecting God to answer. Friends, no matter what the sky looks like, you can't give up. You can't give up. That's part of Shemini at Seret. Now, many of you have things that you need answered by God. I want for you to think of these things. I'm not talking rhetorically. I'm asking you to, to think in your own mind of these things. And we're going to take a moment here in the, midst of, in the middle of my message. We're going to take a moment here and we're going to recite the traditional prayer for rain that has been recited by our people on Shemini at Sirat for many, many centuries. The Tefilat Geshem, the prayer for rain. And as we pray for rain, also pray for what it is that you need in your own life. So this is the traditional prayer, we're going to do it in English, that is, that is prayed every Shemini at Sarah by our people for many centuries, praying for rain, because that's what was needed in the land of Israel at the time most desperately to sustain them. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not saying here you should be praying for a, you know, a, uh, a Ferrari. <laughs> okay. Pray for, but if there's a prayer that you have for something that is a need that you have that you've been praying for, as we lift up this prayer for rain up unto the Lord, as we traditionally do, I want you to think about that which you need and to pray for that as well. So, with that, up on the screen, you're going to see the, the Tefilat Geshem, the prayer for rain. And I'd like for you to recite it along with me, and then we'll continue and get ready to conclude our message. So let's earnestly pray this prayer together. And of course, and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, what just so happens this year that uh, Georgia is about six, seven inches short on the year. We are technically uh, on the border of a drought here in Georgia at the moment. That's the truth. Uh, but also to pray for us for some physical rain too. Couldn't wait already. Uh, and then in Israel as well, but also in our lives. And if nothing comes to mind that you have an urgent need to pray for, pray for God's spiritual ladder rain to fall. Let's pray together. Our God and God of our ancestors, remember Abraham who flowed to you like water. You blessed him like a tree planted by streams of water. 
You rescued him from fire and water. He passed your test by planting good deeds by every source of water. For Abraham's sake, do not keep back water. Remember Isaac, whose birth was foretold when Abraham offered the angels a little water. You asked his father to spill his blood like water. In the desert, Isaac dug and found wells of water. For Isaac's sake, do not keep back water. Remember Jacob, who crossed the Jordan's water. He bravely rolled the stone off the mouth of the water of water. (laughs) He wrestled with an angel made of fire and water. And therefore you promised to be with him through fire and water. For Jacob's sake, do not keep back water. Remember Moses, who was drawn in a reed basket out of the Nile River, who helped Jethro's daughters. He drew water and gave the sheep water. He struck the rock and out came water. For Moses' sake, do not hold back water. Remember Aaron, the high priest, who on Yom Kippur washed himself five times with water. He prayed and was sprinkled with purifying water. He kept apart from a people who were as unstable as water. For Aaron's sake, do not hold back water. Remember the 12 tribes whom you brought through the divided waters, for whom you sweetened bitter water. Their descendants' blood was spilled like water. Turn to us, God, who are surrounded by troubles like water. For the Jewish people's sake, do not hold back water. You are Adonai, our God, who causes the wind to blow and the rain to fall. And so now I ask you for blessing and for not for curse. Amen. For life and not for death. Amen. For plenty and not for lack. Amen. Mm. We have recited the Tefillat Gesher. Now remember and think about this, friends. The answer may not come, the answer to your prayers may not come exactly in the way for you expect it to come. John chapter 7, please. This is important for you to notice and to note as you are praying for rain in your area of your life or whatever it is you're praying for. Whatever it is you just lifted up to the Lord in addition to the the physical rain, Understand, it may not come to you exactly in the form or fashion that you think it will or ask for it to even. Uh, it, it's very interesting because Hosanna Rabbah, Hoshana Rabbah, of course, is considered the seventh day of Sukkot. In John chapter 7, Yeshua stands up in what is described as the last and greatest day of the feast. Is that Hosanna Rabbah, as many experts maybe think, or which is day seven, or is that Shemini Sarah, where some other experts think? On day eight, 
Really, it doesn't matter. Whichever day it is, Hosanna Rabbah or Shemini at Sarah, either way, it's within a day of today and is when they were praying for rain. You have to understand that even 2,000 years ago, this is what they were doing. They were praying for rain here on Shemini at Sarah. During Sukkot, they were praying for rain, the water libation ceremony. You, you're familiar with this. And it was in this context, without which you can't understand what Yeshua said, as uh, I think Brandon read a little bit earlier, in John chapter 7, verse 37, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Yeshua stood up and cried out loudly, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Wow, it makes so much more sense if you understand the context. So much more sense. So friends, but note this, and this is important for what you just prayed for in your own life. The people of the day were praying for physical rain. That's what they all were praying for together. Amechad, uh, as one people, they were all praying for physical rain, physical water. But the Messiah was there available for them with living water that was beyond what they could have anticipated in their prayers. So you see, what Yeshua gave them was water, but not the water that they expected to get or actually directly prayed for. They're praying for rain, physical water, as they were looking for that. But Yeshua said, whoa, I got something for you. And it's even more. I got rivers of living water that will flow if you partake of the water that I have for you, if you're thirsty. Remember this regarding what it is you just prayed for. Perhaps God answers your prayers exactly in the way that you asked for. If so, Baruch Hashem, praise God. But also leave God, or rather leave room, leave room for God to answer your prayer in a way that he sees fit that may look different than what you anticipate. Because if so, that's okay too. If he's answering the prayers in his way, Baruch Hashem, He's answering the prayer. That's the important part. That's also an important part of Shemini at Sarat. That's absolutely beautiful. But let's conclude with this. Luke chapter 18. But the point is, friends, the point is you can't give up. No matter what it looks like, no matter even what the answer to prayer looks like, these people had been praying for day after day, week after week, month after month, and, and they knew that the, they were that the, the time, the rainy season was supposed to be coming, but sometimes the rainy season comes and there's still no rain. So they were praying for rain. Every Sukkot, every Shemini at Sarah, they're praying for rain. And then Yeshua comes and says, if you thirst, come to me, I'll give you living water. And so it didn't exactly look like what they were praying for, but it was even greater, even though it was different, if you will. But whether it's a physical rain that comes down, it's interesting, it was raining today, Okay, whether it's a physical rain that comes down just exactly what, what you prayed for, if that comes, great. Or if it's something that's a different than what you prayed for, but is still an answer to the prayer, the point is, is that to get to that, you have to not give up. To make it that far, you have to tarry. Okay, Shemini at Sarah, Luke chapter 18, verse one, then Yeshua told them a parable to show them that they should always pray and not be discouraged. He said there was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God nor respected people. 
And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my opponent. He being the judge was unwilling at the time, but afterward he said to himself, although I don't fear God or respect people yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so she won't wear me out by her incessant coming. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge is saying. Won't God do justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he be slow to help them? I tell you, he will quickly give them justice. Friends, regarding your prayers for rain, listen to me. Regarding your prayers for rain, don't give up. Regarding your prayers for other things in your life, don't give up. It may not always look like what you expected, but that's okay. Regarding the changes that you made in your life during this high holy day season, don't let it fade. Keep on going with it. Don't give up. No matter how the adversary tries to discourage you, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's Shemini Atzeret, the eighth day of the assembly, the eighth day of our holding on or tarrying. The title of my message is Don't Give Up. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I want to ask if there's anybody here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, if you've never given your life to God, how about today? If that's you and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, but you'd like to, lift your hand and we'll pray together. Is there anyone who's never done so before but wants to? Wow, the Lord will transform you. Whew. He said, if anybody's thirsty, come to me. Maybe you're watching online and you've never said that prayer before or listening in the podcast. If so, repeat this simple prayer after me and mean it with your heart. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I accept Yeshua into my heart, believing he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, O God. If you said that prayer for the first time, we want to celebrate with you. It's the best decision you ever made. If you're watching online or listening on podcasts, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. If you're here in the building, please see me after the service. I just want to rejoice with you. Thank you, Lord. And for the rest of all of us who are here and watching and listening, if you've had that drought in your life, if you've had that thing that you've been praying for, perhaps you lifted it up when we were praying for rain. I just want to seal that prayer in the name of Yeshua. So if there's been something in your life that you've been praying for, I'm not going to ask you what it is. God knows what it is. But whatever it is, if there's something in your life that you've been lifting up to the Lord, lift your hand. The Lord knows if that's you. Yeah, most of you just about everybody 
Yeah, absolutely. Lord, in the name of Yeshua, I pray in agreement with all these hands that were raised for the things that they've been praying for, Lord. God, inevitably, it seems to be your timing, not ours. <laughs> this is my many years in ministry have taught me this. <laughs> it seems to be your, but Lord, I pray in your timing, bring rain, bring rain. Lord, even if it's not in May when I say I want it, even if it's not in June or July or August or September, oh, Lord, I want that rain now. But Lord, whenever it is, your timing, bring that rain, whatever it is in, in your life, whatever it is in the lives of the people who, who raise their hands, God, bring them that rain in due season. Lord, and let them be encouraged. I'd also say this, Lord, if that rain looks different than the rain that they're praying for specifically, then Lord, you know best, your will be done. Your will be done, Lord. So Lord, the people were praying for physical rain and boom, Yeshua came, the, 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 the greater rain, the greater streams of living water. So Lord, you know best. So if it's not exactly like what we're looking for, Lord, we receive that also. I thank you, God, for this, Lord. I believe it. I'm in agreement. Give us the strength to sustain and not to give up. No matter how the clouds seem like they're just as clear as they could be. We don't know when you're bringing the rain. Let us have always have the umbrella handy. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you for all these people who have express their, their heart's desire to you. Thank you for this holy day season and Shemini and Sarah. You're such a good God. We love you and we bless you for these things. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethel family, please visit our website at www.bethalel.com. Dot org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L -L -E -L O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Lie, 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 lie.